Greatness shows up after you're tired. Let's say it one more time, man. Greatness shows up after you're tired, not when you're tired. And breakthroughs don't happen until you reach your breaking point. Been there many times, man, that place I didn't want to go on. And I realized that strength can't develop until your strength is gone. You got to keep pushing because character and courage is developed or lost when you decide to keep going or to give up. You see, that's the point. You got to stop and you got to realize that's your breakthrough coming right there because when others that are around you won't, you will be the one that goes ahead. Somebody has to step up and go a little bit farther. Is that somebody you? How many says that's me? I want to go a little farther. Well, welcome to our show. Check out our brand new intro. Check this out. Ready? Welcome to our show. Furthermore, where you'll find education, motivation, inspiration. I'm Dr. Mark. And I'm Dr. Michelle. And we're here to push you and encourage you to go a little further in all aspects of your life. To do more and become more than you ever thought possible. Education is the key. Information is king. But wisdom reign supreme so prepare yourself for the latest news and hottest headlines truth bombs amazing guests relevant impactful information and life-changing plans you are being prepared for the best days of your life so buckle your seat belts put your seat backs in the upright position and prepare for the best journey of your life right here right now on furthermore what do you think, sweetheart? I love it. I'm glad to be here on Furthermore, where we help you go a little bit farther. Hope you like that. We're excited because we got a power-packed show. Obviously, you remember our three prisons we talk about all the time. We mentioned these things where hope defeats big church and health defeats big medicine and freedom really triumphs over big government. Those are whole messages in their self. But tonight, today, this afternoon, this morning, wherever you are, we're gonna begin with this wonderful idea of life beginning at the cell. Life beginning at the cell is amazing because when you think about life and the meaning of life, we have to understand it goes right back to this thing called the cell, the smallest living organism. And this cell is so cool. The anatomy of life begins when you think about all this happening, it is overwhelming. The extraordinary nature of the human body is flat out breathtaking, isn't it, sweetheart? It absolutely is. And we have eye cells, hair cells, liver cells, kidney cells, cell, 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 cells. And each single solitary cell in your body does something completely different and unique. The amazing thing about the human body, do you realize it's the only thing that was created in the image of God? And when you think about the awesomeness of that, you have to think, okay, God thought about himself, his own image, and he said, I'm gonna craft something, I'm gonna make something, I'm gonna make time, space, and matter, as you heard a couple weeks back, out of everything that I am and gonna put it into this thing called a human being. And I'm gonna give my image to that human being, and then I'm gonna breathe the breath of God into that human being to create this thing called life. It does not get any more 
unfathomable and overwhelming than that, my friend. So when you think about life, we have to begin to think about this question, the anatomy of life. We do, and the anatomy of an organism, what actually makes up an organism? We start to put it all together and realize that the anatomy of an organism, the cell, is the basic unit of life. A cell is like an individual being. It actually has internal organelles. We're going to talk about all of the things that make up a cell in just a moment. However, the anatomy of a cell is actually the basic unit of this thing called an organism. Cells build tissues and tissues build organs. Organs build systems and all of these things combined build an organism. And that organism makes up you and I, a human being. The crazy thing about all this is when you think about the anatomy of life, beginning at the cell, remember cells make proteins and tissues, tissues make organs, organs make organ systems, and the organ systems make us the organism. What a complexity of interrelated issues. That kind of blows the doors off of the silo medicine theory when everything is connected to the cell level. Think about this too. When the sperm fertilizes the egg and it makes that initial cell, that cell has both the DNA of the mom and dad right there in that cell. It does. Now let's walk through the three parts of the cell so people understand what we're talking about. Well, inside the cell, that little pink thing that you see there, that's the nucleus. And the nucleus is what contains the DNA. 46 chromosomes, 23 from mom and 23 from dad. These are your genes, not your blue genes, as some might say. <laughs> they are actually the blueprint of what makes you up as a living being. Genes have changed 2% in 10,000 years, so boy, you are unique. The outer layer, that outer blue layer, that's called the cell membrane. And the cell membrane actually houses all of the cellular components, and it keeps the internal environment safe. Between the nucleus and the cell membrane, now that is called the cytoplasm. It's a floating sea of cellular organs, and even the mitochondria, which literally makes energy for you. Now, I know that within the cytoplasm, there's other things there. These are called organelles. So within this organism that is the cell, there are organelles within the cytoplasm of the cell. So think about the organelles as supporting um, systems for the functionality of the nucleus, which acts like the brain or even the heart, right? And so when this cell begins to divide, that creates life. So really all life begins at the cell and then it maintains the same DNA structure. That's why you can check for DNA, no matter what piece of, whether it be skin, saliva, organ tissue, whatever it is, you can actually test for the same DNA because it runs throughout your whole body in every single cell, the same DNA, it's yours and it's unique to you. Now, isn't that fascinating? So the issue is when things go wrong, a lot of people are talking about, you know, d different dysfunction diseases, sweetheart. Really, when you go back and fix the cell, that's the idea of understanding how to bring functionality back. A lot of times we look at this idea of functional medicine. What is functional medicine anyway? Functional medicine is the idea of really looking at the body, figuring out what went wrong upstream or maybe at the cell level, correcting that because if we correct things at the cell level, we're actually correcting tissues, correcting organs, correcting organ systems and correcting the organism. So when you think about this whole idea of functional medicine, it gives it a whole different meaning. And you have to understand 
anatomy, you have to understand physiology. Now, what we just showed you is anatomy. It's the part of the cell, right? Yes. And that cell is an individual living entity. It can live and breathe on its own. Now, when you put it together, that again is going to make tissues. Tissues make organs and organ make up organ systems, which again makes up the living being. Mind-blowing, isn't it? Stay right with us. We're talking about the cell and the body and life and anatomy. We'll be right back. This is not something that is a Mark idea and a Michelle idea. This is a God idea. This thing right here has a two-year shelf life. When we think about the problems we have in America with our food supply, what are we going to eat? What are we going to do? Stock up on something that's going to help you. This is organic pea protein, greens and reds, fibers, and multivitamins and minerals. It will stay good for two years. How many have wondered what you're going to eat if things go south? Kingdom fuel right here. Well, that's like a marriage made in hell, isn't it? You know, like I look at the Food and Drug Administration and think, what do they have in common? You know, Hippocrates, did he say, let drugs be thy medicine? Or what did he say? He said, let food be thy medicine oh. and let medicine be thy food. Oh my God. So therefore, the most important medical decision that you make every single day is at the end of your fork. We call it fork curls. the code red you don't have to answer that question i'll answer the question you want answers i think i'm entitled you want answers i want the truth you can't handle the truth <laughs> i love that wow. clip that is so classic you know jack nicholson <laughs> looking right there at tom cruise and saying you, you can't, can't handle, handle the, the truth. truth my question is and our question is is can you the truth the truth is something that's more than just what you believe and accept to be true i was doing a little word study on truth recently mm. and i, I kind of came up with this idea and it's true the um webster's dictionary would define truth as a generally accepted belief or concept believed to be true well that's sort of an individual belief isn't it but did you know that there's actually a truth out there that surpasses all truth it's a truth that's solid we talked about the creation of the human being the truth is actually the truth of God because the truth became truth on earth, and that would be Jesus. Now, we talk about truth. There is some big subjects out there today, and I want to have a little fun right now. We're going to ask some questions. And, and again, can you and I, can we handle the truth, right? That's the question. And so there are three questions I want to ask. The first one, and I'll just ask you, and then we'll give the opinion on both of us. Fair enough? Absolutely. You don't know what's coming, sweetheart. Ask me the questions. Question number one. Here we go. What kills more people, vaccines or the standard American diet? Well, if you think about the majority of people, they have been vaccinated with some sort of vaccine or another. So, However, the standard American diet has been on a trajectory to destroy health 
faster than we're actually growing a population. And what it's doing is it's creating inflammation. And inflammation is a precursor to all chronic sickness and disease. So that's putting people on a trajectory to have sickness quicker. Now, vaccines, you know, you think about, is it really killing people? The question is yet to really be determined. Well, I, I would agree with that. So same page. I think standard American diet's been around for 50, 60 years, and it has got a 50-year trajectory of, of killing people. Uh, we're, we're getting diseases faster than we're getting people. And so it's, it's tragic. You know, obesity is really a disease of the standard American diet. It is indeed the greatest, uh, fastest growing non-communicable disease in the history of the world. So this is a big deal. So I agree that in this case, and, and again, all death is not okay when it's caused by something can be avoided. Both of those can be avoided, but in all likelihood, uh, statistics reveal that the standard American diet kills more people than the vaccines. All right, question two, here we mm. go. What is more dangerous, fear or a sedentary lifestyle? Ding, mm. ding, 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 ding. Fear is false evidence appearing real. And boy, if you're running in fear, your heart's racing, your mind is racing, your body is spinning out of control, and it's robbing you of joy and expression and forward movement, and it's taking your life away. Fear does makes us do things that we never thought we would do, makes us say things that we never thought we would say, and become people that we never thought we would become. So oh. fear. Yeah, I, I want to throw a little bit of a curveball at you. I'm going to say both because I think both create paralysis. Like when you think about fear, one of the things that's fight, flight, or freeze, right? So fear actually creates a sedentary lifestyle. And a sedentary lifestyle can be something that is the uh, epitome of America's new smoking. So I'm going to say both. But if I had to lean one way or another, I would go fear. Okay, there you go. Okay. Uh, number three, your final question. This is a big one. Are you ready? This is very complex. It's going to make you really think on your feet, my beautiful queen. You ready? What is more dangerous, big government or the lack of self-government? Well, isn't it really the lack of self-government that makes us seek out this thing called big government? We're looking for handouts. We're looking for somebody to do something for us. And if we would just take the time to actually self-govern, think about this skin bag that we live in and take good care of it, you know, maybe actually show up and put things into motion to manage our time. Each person gets 1,440 minutes in a day. If we actually planned that out every single day or looked at how we're spending our time, boy, we would realize that we can get a whole lot more done and be less dependent on this thing called big government. Yeah, and I am a thousand percent in your corner on this one. Lack of self-government is a big deal. This goes back to those big prisons we talked about, you know, when you're, you're depending on the government to uh, pay your bills, take care of you, protect you, and you're dependent on big food and big pharma to feed you and medicate mm -hmm. you and you're dependent on big church to teach you, we have lost our way. Self-government is the opposite. It means that we appreciate these things. We appreciate the benefits and the uh, results and the freedoms they're in, but we are not dependent on those to exist. So self-government is the ability to exist outside of those things, but the bigger government becomes, the more it lends itself to us depending on it. And believe it or not, big government feeds on a lack of self-government. I need to say that one more time. One more so time. Hear me, folks. Big government 
feeds on people that lack self-government. It creates a codependent relationship. Codependent relationship is one that cannot exist independently without the other. True healthy relationships are not codependent, they are interdependent, meaning they can exist separately without each other, but they work better together. My wife and I, we are interdependent. We don't necessarily need each other, but I want to be with her and she wants to be with me, right? Yes, that's okay. a happy four-letter word, W-A-N-T. Yeah, and it's good. And so the more we depend on each other, not because we need each other, but because we are trustworthy of each other, the more, better and more the relationship can grow. And that's not what you have with this idea of big government as it opposes the idea of self-government. And we are seeing this today, big time. Those are some truths that are hard to get. Sometimes when you think about truths, the more difficult they are, the harder they are to receive. But the harder they are to receive, the better they are once received inside of you because that's the blessing of truth. It is the only thing that will set you free. Stay with us, we'll be right back. We can't wait for you to hear our next sponsor, Kirk Elliott. This one hurts me as, as a human. Um, there's big companies in America, big companies a lot of times have really big benefits, right? So, so uh, companies will give loans now for groceries. The economy in the near and intermediate future is not gonna be good. Between now and the election, I think that you'll see chaos. Kirk Elliott, phd.com forward slash Sherwood. We cannot continue as we are. The trajectory of our nation is going in the wrong direction. It is not saved by the government. It's saved because the people are the government. They stand up and do the right things, regardless of the cost. I think of our founding fathers, the 56 people that signed the Declaration of Independence. 56, not 5,600. They had to have some courage and guts to put their lives on the line for the right things. Do we have that, folks? Do you have that? How many have that kind of courage? And that was at a recent Reawaken America event in Mannheim, Pennsylvania, where we got the opportunity to speak to 5,000 people live. And that was actually the Friday night of the event. What a big event that was. Oh, what a powerful event. And we got to speak hope health and freedom into people's lives. Yeah, and some truth. And uh, you heard a little segment of truth there. And truth, uh, really, if we live that out, there's this thing called courage that goes hand in hand with truth. And when you think about courage, you really think about, you know, what Jesus epitomized. And we've, we've had a couple of teaching sessions before on the idea of, of temple. And I think that we need to have, obviously, a continual repetitive theme of temple talk because this idea of caring for the temple is a, is a big deal and many times we just don't get it so when we think about the temple i want to bring in a scripture now that many of you have heard of probably even read but give you a little bit of a meaning behind this that maybe you've never heard before understood so when you think about this it's found in matthew 21 verses 12 to 14. upon entering jerusalem jesus went directly into the temple area and drove away all of the merchants who were buying and selling their goods. 
he overturned the tables of the money changers and the stands of those who were selling doves. And he said to them, my dwelling place will be known as a house of prayer, but you have made it into a hangout for thieves. Then the blind and the crippled came and into the temple courts, Jesus healed them all. And the children circled around him shouting blessings and praises to the son of David. Now, I want you to think about this, folks. This is super, super important. We all know the story. Jesus walks into the temple. This is his last week of life, and he sees these people buying and selling in the temple. In other words, they were doing merchandise inside of the temple area. The temple in those days was symbolic of where people would go to meet with God. Today, the temple is this thing right here. We've talked about this before in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and 1 Corinthians chapter three about this is the temple of God. So this is after or before Jesus was um, crucified, buried and rose again. So he goes in there, he gets angry and he drives them all out. And he says that you, you people have made my father's house a den of thieves. And the reason he said that was because the money changers and the, the barterers, the merchants in there had distracted the real attention of what was supposed to be going on in the temple. What I want you to catch today is the distraction that is things that we can bring in the temple. Yes, absolutely. And we want you to kind of take a little visible evidence. Take note of this video. And so we need to become radical, ultra-focused, uncompromising, and unwavering table turners. What does that mean? What does that mean? It means we look at all this stuff, all this stuff, and we look at that and say, if this is in my life, I'm not gonna stand for it anymore. Listen, I'm not gonna stand for it. It ain't happening in my life anymore. It makes me angry when this stuff gets in my life. So much so that I wanna do something about it. And I don't care what it takes. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what people think. I will speak against this stuff in my own life every single day. It needs to go away, all of it, all of it. This is how, folks, this is how we can best celebrate the temple, honor God and his gift this gift called life. <laughs> I remember turning those tables over in the middle of that event in front of about 300 people and they freaked out. They were like, I don't know if they were so shocked <laughs> that we actually did it or shocked at the noise it made because you could have heard that thing <laughs> rattle across the hallway. <laughs> the bottom line is Jesus turned over tables. That was symbolic of us turning over tables of all those things that get involved within our lives that destroy the original intent of the temple. Now, I want you to pay attention to what happened in verse 14 of chapter 21 of Matthew. In verse 14, after the tables were turned over and the merchants were out, the blind and the lame were healed in the temple. What does that mean for us? It means that 
when we take the action and have the mind of Christ and drive out or keep out everything that's in our a way of receiving God's healing. And you saw on that table there, there was fear, resentment, anger, and forgiveness, disappointment, shame, the staring American diet, all these things that we live in and begin to live in us. And you said before, it's not what's um, eating, eating what you eat, what you eat it's what's eating you. And so that happens, but we need to understand that once we drive it out, we give God the opportunity to do what he does and be what he is which is a healer because in his presence there is healing. And just like that scripture, Matthew 21, 12 through 14, we understand that after he drove them out, people were healed in the temple. My question for you is, and maybe it's a question for all of us is, do you have the courage to turn over those tables in your own life? Do you have the guts to have the fortitude, to have the strength, to have the courage? Why not you? Why not? Why not? And the final thing we would say is, if not you, then who? Who's supposed to turn over those tables in your own life? There's one answer to that, and that's the person staring back at all of us in the mirror, and that's us. So why not oh? Why not you? Next show, we're going to talk about this thing called depression. Yes, we're going to talk about the causes, the cures, and even otherwise. We'll look forward to seeing you next time on, on Furthermore. Furthermore. Stop making my father's house a marketplace! What miracle can you perform to show us that you have the right to do this? Tear down this temple, and in three days I will build it again! Are you going to build it again in three days? It has taken 46 years to build this temple. But the temple Jesus was speaking about was his body. Yeah, yeah, I, I um I was trying to buy Laura Trump a gift for her birthday. Uh -huh. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to use some inside connections I have. Mm -hmm. I'm going to call Sherwood, and I'm going to order some Kingdom Fuel. Well, in my hand, I have Kingdom Fuel. Not, not because, you know, we uh, simply invented this thing. It's because it actually does supply a need, Clay. It's organic um, pea protein, which is the least allergenic potential of all of them out there. Uh, it has a complete fiber complex, soluble and insoluble complete vitamins and minerals, wow. and complete greens and reds. So it truly is a home meal for just under $5 per serving. She said to me, she's kind of one of the JAG people, you know, one of the uh, attorneys for the military. She said, Mark, the military today can't even fit in their uniform, much less fight a war. She said, I'm concerned about the safety of America because of how we're caring for and feeding our troops. It is so sad what we have in our country and no one wants to talk about this. Doctors Mark and Michelle Sherwood and their clinic can help you find the hope and health you were created to enjoy. Go to Sherwood.tv for clear, proven ways you can be healthier. Subscribe at Sherwood.tv.